Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over the Week 1 waiver wire ads. We're going to be talking about five running backs, five wide receivers, three quarterbacks, and three tight ends that you guys need to run not walk to the waiver wire right now and go pick up. But before we can get on into my waiver wire ads for week number one, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying it, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week one waiver wire ads for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my running back waiver wire ads for week number one with Raheem Mostert of the Miami Dolphins going up against the LA Chargers this week in LA. Currently owned in 69.7% of leagues on ESPN. So if you play on NFL, Sleeper, Yahoo, CBS, any of those other fantasy football platforms, then the ownership percentage is going to be slightly different. In some cases, it might just be a difference of two or three percentage points. In some cases, though, it might be wildly different, like 20 plus percentage points off, depending on the platforms. The reason why I like Raheem Mostert so much and why I feel like you really need to go out and get him is because Jeff Wilson Jr. was placed on the IR a couple of days ago with a midsection injury as well as a finger issue that dates all the way back to early training camp. Head coach Mike McDaniel said that I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Wilson makes a return this season, but we'll see what his body tells us. To me, that isn't a very confident answer towards Jeff Wilson being back prior to the IR period, right? Saying, oh, he'll be fine in a couple of weeks. He'll be back with us in week five, week six. No. Would it be surprised if he makes it back, but we'll see what his body tells us? Tells me that this might be something where we don't see Jeff Wilson back until the very end of the season, potentially. Now, maybe I'm reading far too much into this, right? And then Jeff Wilson is back in week five or week six. But based upon what head coach Mike McDaniel said, that does definitely worry me. Raheem Mostert is the clear running back one on this team. I do like the upside that Devin two chains, Devin a chain presents in the receiving game. But ultimately, when push comes to shove, week number one, the first carry is going to be given to Raheem Mostert. And if Raheem Mostert is able to stay healthy, which is a huge if based upon his injury history of his career, I think Raheem Mostert could legitimately be a league winner that you can pick up on the waiver wire right now. At number two, we got Deion Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, Ooh, of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, currently owned in 28% of leagues on ESPN. So week one, Jackson is expected to be the starting running back on the team. As we all know, Jonathan Taylor has been placed on the PUP and is out definitely for four games. Jonathan Taylor is in this holdout situation where he might be out for the whole season. Now, he might be perfectly healthy right now. He might be perfectly healthy in week five. But there's a chance that we don't see Jonathan Taylor suit up at all this season for the Indianapolis Colts. There's also a chance that once he comes off of the IR, the PUP, they end up trading his ass to a different team. So right now, Deion Jackson is sitting pretty as the lead back on the team. Now, Zach Moss is there, but he is out until either week two or week three following his wrist surgery based upon all of the reports that I've read. So, at least for week one, Deion Jackson has a stranglehold over this offense. If you remember last season, Deion Jackson had one of the best running back performances 
of the year. He finished as the running back number one one week when he was filling in for Jonathan Taylor. Do I think that Deion Jackson is this fantastic player? Probably not. But up against the Jaguars defense in week number one, if you're dealing with some serious injuries or maybe you drafted Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall onto the same team and you are really scratching and itching for a running back to play this week, I think Deion Jackson is a solid option. And this guy might hold on to the lead back role for a couple of weeks. I previously thought that Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette would end up signing with the team, but we are just days away from week one, and that just appears to not be the case. Of note, Deion Jackson is also a really solid pass-catching running back. At number three, we got Tank Bigsby of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis, 26.2% owned on ESPN. So when it came to Raheem, the Dream Mostert, as well as Deion Jackson, you could actually start both of those guys this week in week one. For Tank Bigsby, in your normal 12 or 14 team league, you would have to be in like a 32 fucking team league to where you would want to start Tank Bigsby. Now, does that mean that Tank Bigsby is a bad player? No. Coming out of Auburn, I really like the profile of Tank Bigsby, and I like the fact that he goes to the Jaguars. I like that... Travis Etienne kind of underperformed in the receiving game last year, underperformed on the goal line, and I think Tank Bigsby is going to carve a decent role into this offense. But obviously, when push comes to shove, you're going to start Travis Etienne every single time over Tank Bigsby in week number one. Tank Bigsby is just kind of a running back that has a lot of upside that you just hold on your bench that you may be able to pick up off the waiver wire right now with significant upside due to how good he was in college due to how good he has played in preseason besides when he fumbled up against the Dolphins on the goal line. Hank Bigsby was really solid, and if something was to happen to Travis Etienne, knock on wood, we don't root for injuries, Tank Bigsby would be in an excellent situation on an amazing offense. At number four, we have Jalen Ward of the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the 49ers, 43.9% owned on ESPN. So the same thing can be said about Jalen Warren, as was said about Tank Bigsby. I am genuinely convinced, though, when it comes to Jalen Warren, that he is a better running back than the starter, Najee Harris. When Jalen Warren was given opportunities in preseason and last season, Jalen Warren was fucking feasting like Andy Reid at a Golden Corral after a game. Jalen Warren was feasting on these defenses. The guy is a fucking beast on the field. The problem is Mike Tomlin has this ideology that is just ingrained in his membrane about using a workhorse running back, right? We saw it with Lev Bell, James Conner. We've seen it with Najee Harris. Even if there is a running back potentially better than Najee Harris, I would be shocked if offensive coordinator Matt Canada or head coach Mike Tomlin make the move to start Jalen Warren as a, the starting running back. But, 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 maybe this is the season where it all changes, where maybe they realize that Jalen Warren is actually better than Najee Harris and they give him more looks. Now, maybe he's not the lead back on the team getting 60% of the snaps or something, but maybe he's getting 40% of the snaps and that's good enough for fantasy. This matchup is tough up against the 49ers defense, so 
Obviously, you want to be staying away from this matchup with Jalen Warren. You probably wouldn't want to start him anyways, though. But it is going to be interesting to see how much playtime he sees in Week 1. Moving to the final running back on the list, Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the New England Patriots. In New England, 22.8% owned on ESPN. There was a lot of talk this offseason about the running back core in Philadelphia about Penny, Swift, and Gainwell. But more recently, there has been so much positive talk about Kenneth Gainwell. I'm talking about the bleacher, not the bleacher report, the fucking beat reporters basically giving this guy a gawk gawk 9,000 and fondling his balls while they're doing it, right? They are talking up Kenneth Gainwell in a huge way. Kenneth Gainwell could end up being a larger part of this offense than most of us believe. But I want to see it before I believe it. So in week one, we ain't starting Kenneth Gainwell but it's going to be interesting to see how he does in week one, and that will determine how much we want to be starting him going forward. Moving now to the wide receiver position. Before we go into the wide receivers, though, if you have ended up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help us out a ton. So Nico Collins is my first wide receiver here. He is owned in 57% of leagues on ESPN, and he's going up against a tough matchup in the Baltimore Ravens week one. Houston's at the Baltimore Ravens. But the reason why I want to add Nico Collins is because I want to confirm Firm the bias that I've had all offseason. And that bias is that I believe that Nico Collins is the numero uno, the head honcho, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, number one wide receiver on this offense. His competition is pretty light, right? He's got John Mechie, who I really like as a prospect, but we haven't seen John Mechie really on an NFL field in a regular season game. We have not seen that. They lose Brandon Cooks to the Dallas Cowboys. And I really do feel like Nico Collins is that guy, is the wide receiver number one in Houston, I think C.J. Stroud is a humongous upgrade from Davis Money Mills, the draft man himself, and I am ecstatic to see what Nico Collins does this season because he flashed last year. He looked solid, but he didn't do it consistently. But again, that's because Lovey Smith is a buffoon and because the quarterback situation there was no bueno. I really do think C.J. Stroud is a huge upgrade from Davis Mills. At number two, we got Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. 30.2% owned on ESPN. So when it comes to Zay Jones, a lot of people like myself love Calvin Ridley. But if you actually look into the preseason snap counts, you will see that Calvin Ridley is the clear number one receiver on this team. But the number two is not Christian Kirk. It is actually Zay Jones in two wide receiver sets. When Trevor Lawrence is out there, the first team offense, Doug Peterson is putting Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley as the one and two in two wide receiver sets. And Christian Kirk would only come in when they run three receiver sets. Now they did use three wide receivers a lot. So it's not like Christian Kirk is going to end up being irrelevant this season. But it's very telling to me that this offense does really like Zay Jones. Now, I don't want to fully fucking exaggerate preseason and say preseason is set in stone what's going to happen week one. That is what we're going to see up against the Indianapolis Colts because I am not too sure about that. If I was trying to rank the receivers there, I think Ridley's the best. I think Christian Kirk should be in there with Ridley as the number two receiver, but that just has not been the case in the preseason. And I want to kind of follow what I've been seeing. So I believe if Zay Jones really is that number two wide receiver and you picked him up off the waiver wire, you are going to be laughing 
staffing directly to the bank because if that is the case in week one up against the Indianapolis Colts, I can already tell you that Zay Jones is going to be a hot commodity in the week two waiver wire ad video. At number three, we got Van Jefferson of the Rams going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, 13.6% owned on ESPN. So when it comes to Van Jefferson, do I think that Van Jefferson is this ultra skilled wide receiver? Probably not. He's really fast, and he has big play upside. But now that Cooper Cup, seemingly definitely missing week one against Seattle, could miss the first couple of games of the season after re-aggravating his hamstring injury, and we all know that the hammies linger, they come back to bite you in the ass, and Van Jefferson might have been propelled into the wide receiver one role in LA. Sure, they have Puka Nuora as well, but Van Jefferson's been there for years. Puka is a rookie, and I like Van Jefferson. Again, I'm not saying that he's the most skilled wide receiver ever, but he has that huge play upside, right? That big firecracker, that burst that you can throw into your lineup as your wide receiver three. He might have three points one game. The next game, he could score 20 with Matthew Stafford. And again, Cooper Cup not being a part of the equation right now makes him a whole lot more enticing. At number four, Marvin Mims Jr. of the Denver Broncos going up against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in mile high, 10.6% owned on ESPN. So the worry about Marvin Mims for me a couple months ago was that I believe that Tim Patrick was ahead of him, Cortland Sutton, and obviously Jerry Judy. Sadly, for the second fucking year in a row, Tim Patrick ends up suffering a severe injury before the season even starts. Which sucks. Jerry Judy then gets hurt, and that's an injury that might take up the first couple weeks of the season. I would be kind of shocked if he's out there up against the Raiders. So, that leads us to Cortland Sutton and Marvin Mims being the one-two punch. Would be interesting, especially if Sean Payton really shifts this offense into high gear, right? Last year, this was just a putrid offense to watch. Nathaniel Hackett is a certified fucking stooge. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers doesn't see this and starts getting all fucking pissed off about it like he did with what uh, Sean Payton said. But at the end of the day, Marvin Mims, early round draft pick, top three round draft pick out of a big college, in a great situation as long as Russell Wilson doesn't suck, right? As long as last year was a bit of an anomaly, as long as last year was a little fugazi, which to me feels like a situation that could definitely be true, right? Maybe Nathaniel Hackett is just so bad that it completely put a huge stink on Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson is going to bounce back in a big way this year. If that is the case, Marvin Mims is a guy you definitely want to be picking up off the waiver wire, and when it comes to rookie wide receivers, typically deep down the stretch of the season when you're in your fantasy football playoffs is when the rookies kind of rise up and that scenario might be jump-started by the fact that Jerry Judy's hurt to start off the season at number five Jonathan Mingo of the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons 19.5% owned on ESPN another rookie when it comes to Jonathan Mingo this is a guy that has a legitimate shot at the top of the iron throne as the number one wide receiver in the Carolina Panthers offense they have wiki wiki DJ Chark do 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 baby Chark they have Adam Thielen and they have Terrace Marshall as well as Jonathan Mingo I think Jonathan Mingo has as good of a shot as the other guys to be the number one. Now, if I had to guess, gun to the head, week one, who's going to get the most targets? I would probably say Adam Thielen. But as the season 
prolongs, I think Jonathan Mingo is going to potentially take over as that guy. He's got a pretty soft matchup up against the Falcons. Obviously, I don't want to be starting him in week number one, but this is a guy to stash on the bench because, again, all of these wide receivers... If they have a great week number one, we are going to be talking about them in a very positive manner Manner this time next week on Monday in the waiver wire video. If you want more videos from me, make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button, hitting that like button. Moving now to the quarterback position for week number one. And we got Jared Goff of the Lions going up against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. Football in Kansas City, 47.3% owned on ESPN. I was genuinely shocked that Jared Goff isn't owned in more than 50% of leagues. Jared Goff was actually solid last season. I know a lot of people drug Jared Goff's name through the mud. Because Sean McVay carried him in LA. Without Sean McVay, Jared Goff is fucking nothing. You'll do fucking nothing. That was uh, Mickey Mouse mixed with Connor McGregor. But yeah, people believe that. And then Dan Campbell... Kind of shape-shifted Goff into a decent quarterback. Goff's got Jamison Williams six weeks into the season, week seven. He has Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, and some, all right, other wide receivers. They've got Jameer Gibbs, who's an excellent pass-catching running back, and they have David Montgomery. This could be a repeat of the Chiefs versus the Rams from a couple years ago where we had, like, the highest-scoring primetime game ever. Now, is that guaranteed to happen? Of course not. Of course not. But... If you're scavenging the waiver wire to pick up a quarterback to play in week number one, say you have Anthony Richardson, who matchup's good against the Jags, but if you really want to play a rookie quarterback in week number one, probably not. So if you got him or you got these more suspect quarterbacks, you want to roll with Jared Goff? I fully endorse that. I love Jared Goff in this matchup against the Chiefs. Ultimately, I think the Chiefs are going to win, right? They have had months to prepare for the golfinata Jared Goff, and... The Lions' defense isn't the best. So the Chiefs, they're going to put up a lot of points. Maybe Jared Goff will have to be chasing them deep into the depths of the game, and Jared Goff will be able to succeed in this spot. And number two, we got Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Tennessee Titans, 28% owned on ESPN. It is still going to be very weird when you see Jared Goff trot out there in week, not Jared Goff, Derek Carr trot out there in week number one, and he's wearing a Saints uniform. I know, you could see him in preseason. I know. But when the lights are actually shining bright, it's going to be weird to see that. I remember seeing Tom Brady play his first ever game in Tampa Bay. I believe it was against the Saints. It was really fucking weird to be like, look at this. This is a guy that I've seen my whole entire life in New England, and now he's wearing a Bucks jersey now. Nick, don't compare Derek Carr to Tom Brady. I know, but I've been a Derek Carr guy for a long time, and seeing him go from the Raiders to the Saints is a little bit crazy. His receiver core, though, also a little crazy. He's got Chris Olave. He's got Michael Thomas, who may be able to stay healthy for the whole first game. He also has guys like Rashid Shahid. He's got Jawan Johnson. He's got these solid pass catchers. Kendra Miller could be there, could not be there. But he's also got Jamal with two A's Williams, baby, in New Orleans. The Tennessee Titans defense is awful. It is absolutely bottom of the barrel dog shit. You smell that? You can smell the Titans defense through the screen. It's that bad. So Derek, while Derek Carr didn't look good at all last season, right? He struggled. He was playing so bad, his wife started crying. But you better believe that Derek Carr up against the Tennessee Titans is going to whoop that ass all night long. And number three, we got J.L. Jordan 
do you love me? Of the Green Bay Packers going up against the Chicago, Chicago Bears. 15.4% owned on ESPN. I actually don't think the Bears defense is like straight up dog shit, right? They're not that bad. But I think Jordan Love is an underrated asset. Now, again, when push comes to shove, do I really want to start Jordan Love in week one? No. No, I don't. This is more of a guy that will ride the pine for me. Or in a two-quarterback league, sure, against Chicago, I'll play him. Obviously, if for some reason you have to start Jordan Love, then he's better than a lot of other options that are on the waiver wire. Like, I'd, I would do unholy things to get jo- Jordan Love on my team over fucking Mac Jones or Desmond Ritter or something like that. But Jordan Love here up against the Bears, his first ever start as the actual starting quarterback. He's played before, but not really. He wasn't the guy going into the season, right? That was Rodgers. Now he's the guy. He's performed well in preseason, looked good in training camp. So let's see when the lights are shining bright, can he do it up against division rivals? Chicago, Chicago. Bears, before we move on into the tight end position, I would like to ask that if you guys have ended up enjoying today's video, you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. And I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends, our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, right now, it's Labor Day if you're watching on Monday. And there are still fantasy football drafts that you can do on Underdog Fantasy, like Best Ball Mania 4. $25 to enter, $150 max entries, $3 million to first place, $15 million in total prize. The best part about these drafts on Underdog is all you got to do is the draft 18 rounds and that's it there's no waivers no trades and no in-season management at the end of every single week underdog automatically throws the highest scores into your lineup for you so you can come back at the end of the season or check in every single week and potentially win a boatload of money they also have sit and go leagues which is essentially you versus 11 other people like your normal fantasy football league and the first two places make money the third place gets their buy-in back for as low of a buy-in as three dollars if you want to check that out that sounds enticing to you you're new to underdog use promo code notorious or click on the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus of up to 100 dollars you deposit 100, they give an additional 100. You want to do 50, additional 50, 25, additional 25. Minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. It is also a good way to prepare for your draft if you haven't done your actual fantasy football draft yet. Moving now to the tight end position, we begin with the boy Sam Laporta of the Detroit Lions going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. 26.2% owned on ESPN for Laporta. Obviously, rookie tight ends kind of have a bad name given by fantasy football analysts, right? Because rookie tight ends typically never are league-winning tight ends. But I think this could be a really good situation for Laporta in Detroit. Again, for the first six weeks of the season there is no Jamison Williams so there's a chance that Sam Laporta is the number two target on the team if he's not he'll be the number three behind Jameer Gibbs this is actually a pretty decent matchup for Sam Laporta up against the Kansas City Chiefs the question is do you have the cojones do you have the the huevos the balls to play him up against the Chiefs as a rookie in week one if you actually have to start him You have to fully understand he might get zero points, but he's been working a lot with the first team offense. All the reports out of training camp are that this guy is the clear tight end number one on the team. So I'm going to believe in Mr. Sam Laporta. At number two, we got J.J. Jawan Johnson of the Saints going up against the Tennessee Titans, 22.1% owned on ESPN. I already know this is going to be a frustrating room at the tight end position. There are going to be games where Taysom Hill somehow scores three fucking touchdowns, and you get absolutely fisted if you have Jawan Johnson on your team. But Jawan Johnson did shine bright like a diamond at points of last season, and I think that we could see him having a more consistent role this year with Derek Carr. We do know that Derek Carr loves 
a nice tight end. I mean, who doesn't? Shout out to Nicki Minaj. At number three, Luke Musgrave, another rookie. Green Bay Packers up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. 6.2% owned on ESPN. Again, another flyer rookie tight end. A lot of reports just like with Laporta about how Luke Musgrave looks really good in preseason. He was working a ton with the ones in that offense. Jordan Love, younger quarterback, first ever real start as the guy. Maybe we see that he takes that safety blanket over the middle, just keeps throwing the ball to Luke Musgrave. Wouldn't really be that surprising to me. Again, do I really want to be starting any of these three tight ends? Probably not, but if you have to, then go right ahead. I think these guys are great options off of the waiver wire. So thank you guys all so much for watching today's video. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. Check out one of the videos on your screen right now. We'll be back tomorrow with the running back and wide receiver start or sit decisions for week numero uno. We are so close. Start of the season, just a couple days away now. I'm so excited. Hope you guys are as well. Love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good.